How's it going, everyone? Welcome to uh, Behind the Gorilla. This is our special WrestleMania episode. Just a quick disclaimer for it. Um, it's going to be pretty long, so this is going to be in two parts. This is going to be part one of our discussion on our top 10 WrestleMania moments and also us uh, quickly predicting WrestleMania, which is going to take place Sunday night. So without further ado, here's part one. What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how is it going, everyone? We got a special edition episode here of Behind the Gorilla coming out on this uh, Saturday before WrestleMania. So we're actually now, to be fair... It's probably like Saturday night, so you're probably not going to have a lot of time to listen to it before WrestleMania anyway, but if you're doing nothing on Sunday, then that is what this is for. And we're actually getting it out before, like an hour before the show, so so that's at least something. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like there isn't enough wrestling going on in your day tomorrow, there's going to be nah, of seven not. hours or so of show, I think, which... That's fine. It'll be good. Yeah, but the good thing is you can listen to this even after WrestleMania because even though we are going to briefly touch on the show that is happening tomorrow, um, this is mostly just us just kind of celebrating WrestleMania in general and all of our favorite moments in the history of WrestleMania. So you can listen to this whenever. So that, that that's why we wanted to do it this way. So it's not just kind of a disposable podcast. Thanks for your um, contribution there, Harris. But, uh, I, was, I was about to say something, and then the phrase disposable podcast stuck in my head in a weird way, and I was like, <laughs> just chewing on that for a second. It was like a disposable, like, how does, I mean, I delete them all after I finish them, <laughs> but I know what you mean. No, right. Because you know, typically, you could listen to this pod, your... you could listen to this anytime, even after WrestleMania. Right. If we're doing a WrestleMania prediction show, it's literally, all right, you can listen to it for the next 12 hours, and that's it. Right, exactly. So if for some reason this is your first episode you're tuning in for, typically what we do is we talk about the current events a little bit to start the show, and then we move on to some sort of topic, you know, some sort of ridiculous thing generally in wrestling history, an angle, a match, a promo, something like that. But for this week, because one, yeah, we we understand there's so much wrestling content out there, which is kind of the great thing about WrestleMania is it's it's the biggest week of the year for every wrestling promotion, podcast, YouTube series, whatever. Like, this is it. So this is partially our attempt to, you know, be a little bit different, give you something else to chew on that isn't just another podcast where two guys go, well, yeah, I think Becky's going to win. <laughs> you know, we, we, I don't know. Maybe Mark doesn't think Becky's going to win. Maybe we'll have a whole conversation about it. But we, because WrestleMania is such a great time to highlight what's great about wrestling and kind of bring out the best of everyone. We kind of wanted to use this as an opportunity to talk about just some of our favorite WrestleMania moments. So instead of our normal yeah. topic, we're just going to talk about how cool wrestling is for a little while. Uh, pretty much, which is the way it should always be, in right. my opinion. It always should be about just the greatness of wrestling. Um, so yeah, we can uh, go ahead and get started. But first off... Normally we end the show with this, but I want to start the show with this. Um, 
just to get it out of the way. So we're going to start off with what's up with David Arquette. Perfect. And what is up with David Arquette? He had a match last night at Joey Ryan's penis party, which we will not talk about that show. Um, but <laughs> he did lose. He fell to uh, Timothy Thatcher, which is a shame. Right. Um, unfortunately, I, of course, did not watch this program because I wasn't going to pay 15 bucks for uh, this show. <laughs> but I would have I would have paid if it was like 10 bucks. I probably would have just to watch the David Arquette match. Um, but unfortunately, so. Weren't able to watch it, but he definitely got a huge pop. He came out with Diamond Dallas Page himself, which is pretty awesome. And um, but but couldn't get the win. I'm not really sure exactly how long how the match went specifically. Couldn't really find a breakdown of it. But um, yeah, so unfortunately he fell in that match. Right. So uh, I know he does have a match scheduled for like two two or three weeks from now, and uh, that's the one he's been building up now for a while. Um, against King right. Brian. So this so. was this was really just a, warm a tune up match. We're yeah, gonna, it's a warm up. We understand David Arquette. You're going to win the one that counts. Yeah, he's going to go over the. You know, he's going to study the film, see what went wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Remember, like when he was on our podcast, he talked about how he lost to uh, R.J. City. He went for the diamond cutter too early. You know, he, he he's learning from his his right. matches. You know, he's learning. So I, I think he's going to. He's th- this will be good for him. This will be good for him. You learn and defeat. And he'll come back stronger than ever and uh, defeat King Brian. So that is our uh, brief segment here on our patron saint, David Arquette. And now moving on to WrestleMania 35, we will just very briefly talk about this, uh, the card, because it's a big card and we don't want to talk about it for four hours. So we're going to just start down from the bottom. Uh, the Revival versus Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, which I totally thought was a joke when I saw that that was announced. With all these other tag teams that they've been involved with and all this other stuff going on, they are wrestling Hawkins and Ryder. I'm sure that's going to be on the pre-show. I I still love Zack Ryder. Um, I, I like Kurt Hawkins fine, and obviously the Revival are um, incredible and vastly destroyed by WWE tag team system. Um, so... I don't know. I, I assume they just win and keep the streak going for Hawkins, but I don't know. But I'm gonna go for revival. Oh no way, dude! This is this is it. <laughs> this is gonna be like this is gonna be like when Ryder won the Intercontinental Title. It's just they oh, just please. throw him bones to keep him happy at WWE and keep him from quitting. So this is gonna be you do know Zack Ryder. Run. They don't even have to. Zack Ryder's one of those guys who's just never gonna quit. He's just ha- happy to be there, like type guy. I'm not saying right, he doesn't. Right, I'm not right, saying but, he doesn't work hard, but like he's not gonna go try and find his way anywhere else and get over somewhere. He just likes being in WWE. Right, but I think it goes the other way around too. I think if that's the case, they recognize that and say, "Okay, here you go. You can have the Intercontinental Title for 23 hours." You know, maybe, maybe you can go off and help your best friend Kurt Hawkins break his winless streak. Like, I, if you right, do sure. something like that, you do it at Mania. They've given it half a story. I don't know if you ever Harris, saw that promo. Hurry it up. Sorry? <laughs> well, I just didn't I didn't know how long we're going to talk about these. No, this is the la- I probably have more to say about this <laughs> than I do anything else on the card <laughs> because I feel like no one else is talking about this. That's, That's a fair point. Reason. Like That's a fair point. Everything else Everything else has already been said, but right. th- nobody cares about this except That's for true. a couple people. <laughs> like true. he cut this great promo, you know, where he came out one 
you know, random pay-per-view to do a match with Kurt Hawkins, and they spelled his name wrong on the screen at the bottom. <laughs> right. They spelled it with a C with a H. Writer. And it w- everyone was just like, yeah, no, that seems about right. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. next night, Kurt Hawkins is trying to quit. He's trying to break up the tag team. And he's like, dude, I haven't won a match since I came back to WWE. What do you why do you care? Why do you want to work with me? Yeah. And Zack Ryder just stopped him and was like, look, man, they spelled my name wrong. And it was a really cool moment. I was like, right. yeah, get him, Zack Ryder. Yeah. So I think this is it. I think they're going to do it. They're going to drop him Monday night. It doesn't matter. It'll be a fun moment, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm not, because it's just another thing of the revival being crapped on, and it's getting it's getting to be a joke. The 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 joke is starting to become a joke, and it's just it's uh, frustrating. But wh- whatever. It's the ultimate Andy Kaufman wrestling experience. Sure, they're t- sure in the form of a tag team. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, then we have another tag team match: um, the Usos, Ricochet, and Alistair Black, the Bar. And Nakamura and Rusev, um, all just not real tag teams, except, well, the Usos are, and then I guess at this point the bar is against just other thrown-together teams, and nobody cares about this match, and I don't care. I'm just going to say that, I'm just going to say that they just uh, hand the titles to Ricochet and Aleister Black just to give them more of a a rub. That's what I'm going to say. That's a pretty good guess. I'm going to guess the Usos keep it, just Mm -hmm. because, like you said, nobody else is really a tag team except right. for the bar and they've had the titles for a long time usos are really solid i think they have one more one-on-one feud with ricochet and alistair black after this but i think they keep it sure and then uh women's battle royal i i don't i don't care i i don't even have a prediction for this i honestly have no idea i'm just gonna say uh they just give it to mandy rose uh see that sounds like a good guess and this is not original to me at all but the second i heard someone say it i said of course that's what they're gonna do it's gonna be Lacey evans Oh, yeah, 100%. I can see that. That's fair. That's, That's fair. absolutely what they've been building to. She's finally going to get in the ring. Do I care? Mm, not really, but, you know, sure. it'll certainly happen. Sure. All right. And then, what else do we have here? I feel like they're missing something. Oh, yeah, we got to do... Okay, never mind. It's up there. All right. Uh, then on this list, the next one they have, these are not in order as a match, match order. Um, the next one is, uh, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston championship match. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to give it to Kofi at this point and I am looking forward to that because that's going to be a great WrestleMania moment. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, it is a little weird that it's going to have to be with the hemp belt, the hempian. Yeah. I don't like that that either. It'll be fine. Honestly, Just this will just add to the WrestleMania moment when he wins and like Xavier Woods and Big E come out and they have a unicorn title that they produce from oh, like gosh. a box no, of studios no, no, or no, something. No, 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 Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> what, what, this is what I want. I want him to win the title. I want then uh, the New Day to come running out with the real belt and him to break the hemp belt over his knee and then hold up the real belt. That's what I want to have. Yeah, I think something like that will will probably I happen. So. And even if it doesn't, it's still going to be great. Sure. It's going to be a good match. I don't have anything else to say. Yep, me too. Uh, the uh, women's tag team title match, another worthless match with the Boston Hug Connection, which is just a horrible name, and I cannot believe they've stuck with that for this long. Um, Phoenix out of retirement with Natalia, the Iconics, and Nia Jax and Tamina. At this point, there's so nothing with all of this. I just mm-hmm. say Bailey and Sasha Banks hold on to it. Yep, it's going to be really fun to boo uh, to boo Nia Jax 
It's uh, well, I, I'm glad you have fun with that. I I probably won't be watching this match. Um, <laughs> the the show's 14 hours long. I'll probably no, go do something else during that match. Um, Look, if Bailey weren't in it, I wouldn't be paying much attention to it either. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so uh, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre. This, to me, is one of the most... Th- this might be the hardest match to predict, I think, on the entire card. Because you have Drew McIntyre, who ever since he's come back, you've slowly built up as this beast. You you know, you put him in a tag team for a while. You've done a bunch of these little things. And then, obviously, you have the Roman stuff. And so this is kind of a thrown-together match just because, you know, Roman was able to come back so quickly. Um, and so, I... I think this is the perfect time to give McIntyre a big win on a big stage and really push him into that level that they want him to be in. But at the same time, Roman's just coming off of leukemia. So if it, and so I honestly have no idea what to pick for this. So because of that, I'm just going to go with the standard default and just say Roman Reigns wins because they always have him win. Yeah, I think you're right on pretty much every point. I think... It would be a huge moment for Drew, and I feel like that—that's the. I feel like that's one hundred percent what should happen with this. Yeah. But because of the uh, cancer thing, I think that. I mean, it, I mean that it would be a nice moment if Roman wins for that alone. But I just feel like you give McIntyre a win, you can then have a solid feud with Roman Reigns for a while yeah. and continue to build up Drew McIntyre. I just don't. I'm just gonna go with Roman Reigns because it's the default. So. No, I think you're right. I mean, I think if you're thinking long-term story, Roman can take a loss now yeah. better than he can at any time in the future. Like it, if he, you know, just because you could even, answer. you can even, yeah, you could even spin it as the, he, you know, exactly. he's just back from all this stuff. And obviously he exactly. wouldn't be saying that, but some, you know, that could be a If you story want to line. talk about like, make him look strong. If right. You look at this in kayfabe for a second. You're like, well, of course he wouldn't be at a hundred percent. Right. That being said, it's never about the long-term storytelling nope. at this point in the year. It's always about the moment. Yep. And I think it's going to be Roman. Honestly, yep. I think it's a win-win. I think if he wins, then I'll have fun watching that and, you know, going, ooh, ah, in my living room when he does it. <laughs> right. But if he doesn't, then great, because that's like one more day and one more week that people don't hate Roman Reigns. Yet. Right. So yeah, that's true. either way, it'll be a fine match. It's a win-win. Sure. Uh, Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor, who cares? It's the demon. That's the only thing that matters. So I'm glad yep. they did that. It makes no yep. sense in story because... Why, if Finn has always won as the Demon, why in the hell did he not do that for the championship title match? But he will do it for this worthless match. So none of this makes any sense, but uh, the Demon will get a win, and that'll be fun to see the cool entrance, so that's fine. He's just got to build up the IC title, man. That's worth going to the Demon for, but the Universal title's not. No, I think if they ever cared to tell an interesting story with the Demon, it's there. I always kind of figured that it sort of, takes a toll on him and he can't do it every night for that reason it's got to be like for big pay-per-view moments it doesn't really make sense that he wouldn't do it for a title right i'm glad to see it back yep i hope it's not too cheesy and i hope he doesn't lose yep i agree uh smojo ray mysterio this could be a fantastic match but it won't be because they won't give it time um just due to the nature of where it's going to fall um and so at this point i'm just going to say Eh, I'm going to say they give it to Ray because I feel like Ray is uh, starting to wrap up the WWE career. So I'm going to say they give it to Ray and he gets another Isn't, U.S. title run. I heard rumors that he was hurt. Maybe not oh, out really? of the match, but at least hurt. Oh, yeah. yeah like, you know what? I did hear I did hear that too. So that might change it. I don't care. I'm just going to stay with my prediction. Okay. Yeah, I I don't think they're going to take it off Joe. I just hope that Joe's entrance is cool. Oh, me too. I've been saying this for years. I want I want 100 live like Samoan Hakka dancers yeah. or – 
tubas. That would just be give fun. me one or the other. <laughs> Both would be fun. Uh, the Andre the Giant um, Battle Royal. I honestly don't even know who's in it. Um, so Everyone else. I... Jeez, I, I don't know. I haven't even thought about who's going to be in that match. I guess they'll give it to Andrade, I guess. Yeah, that's that's what should happen, so I'll go with that, too. I think it's possible they pick someone else dumber. This match is a crapshoot every yeah. year, it's, and it it's almost matter. It's almost never entertaining unless you have Gronk come in there and tackle Mojo well, Raleigh. Or the, tackle the SNL hosts are in it this year. Oh, Michael right. Shane, never mind. Colin yeah, Coast. but I don't think they're going to give it to Braun again. I think they'll give right. it to someone no, else. There's going to be a spot where like they cost Braun the match or Braun hops out of the ring and eliminates himself to go kill them, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, AJ Styles, Randy Orton. I still 100% believe this is going to be the best match on the show if they give it enough time to be, and it should open the show. I hope it does. Um, these and and I heard a bunch of people when I've heard other people talk about, it, and they talk about this is the one worthless match that 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 is just thrown together, and it's like, well, yes, it is, but they've already done a better job building it up than almost any other match on the card. I mean. I feel 100% where both these guys are coming from. It makes total logical sense where both these guys are coming from and why they are fighting right now. And it's the first time they're wrestling, and it's going to be so much fun, and I can't wait. Yeah, I love that it's a fresh matchup. You don't see that a lot, especially at WrestleMania. But like when they started feuding, I kind of stopped, and I thought, oh, yeah, they haven't had a program, have they? And how weird is that? Because AJ's been here for a while now. It's really Mm -hmm. funny that they've never crossed pads, and... For that reason, I'm alone. I'm excited about it. I don't uh, I don't know if he's going to get the win or not. I feel like, I just assuming they do start the show, it feels like the kind of match you give to AJ just to keep the crowd happy. Yeah, but uh, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Orton if Orton wins just because then you have a program. I think I think you have more of a program if Orton wins than if AJ wins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. I'm going to go AJ um, for that one so that's gonna be fun i'm excited because this is always the match orton's in if you think about every wrestlemania he's yep, always yep, in the I like se- first or second or third match where it's against a really good person but it's really kind of not for anything he's always in that match and they're almost always good so yeah you know so i'm excited for that uh shane mcmahon miz that's gonna be just a shane uh, just a stupid it's gonna be a stupid match but it should at least be entertaining um, and at this point, Shane's going to, I don't know, fall off the, um, the, where, where are they? Where's this WrestleMania? Uh, MetLife, right? That's what it is. Jersey? Yeah. He's going to fall off whatever the top of the scaffolding is <laughs> and crash through the ring and then, then die. And he's going to be pinned. So, um, I'm going to say Miz. I like the idea now that you've said that of him falling off of something so tall that it takes Miz like two minutes to get back down to him to pin yep. him. Yep. I really hope they do something like that. Yeah, but yeah, no. The second they announced it as a falls count anywhere match, I was like, "Oh man, what's he gonna jump off of?" I don't know yeah. what yet, but he's gonna do it. That's all. It's that gonna matters. be amazing. That's all that matters. All that matters. Um, Kurt Angle, Baron Corbin. Who cares? Um, Kurt Angle's final match. Um, I assume you. I'm. I, I don't know at this point because most people lose their final matches, so I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, either way, if they try and give Corbin a rub from it, because if they don't do that, why is he in the match? And um, But at the same time, Kurt Angle winning the final match you know, at WrestleMania in this type of way, especially because it's not a career match. He's already announced it as his final match. So from that mm-hmm. standpoint, I think they just go ahead and give him the win. 
I think you're right, honestly. I think if this was something like Shawn Michaels' retirement match where you could put on like a technical clinic and there was some doubt as to what was going to happen, then there's something to be said for like going out on your back. But at this point, like everyone hates Baron Corbin, but not in a way that I feel like he could get productive heat by beating Kurt Angle. No, because he wouldn't be retiring Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle has already announced that he's retiring. Right. I feel like it's just going to be to pop the crowd one more time, Kurt Angle beats up Baron Corbin and puts him in the ankle lock immediately, and that's it. Honestly, I I, I don't understand why Baron Corbin's still around. Um, I got nothing against him. I think he's fine, but he's so uncareable about, like, <laughs> like, nobody cares. Like, I don't care if people boo him. Nobody cares. He's the bathroom break. Like, he's, well, he's, he's like- so just nothing that he needs to leave and try something else and then maybe come back. He's so I I don't know if I've ever cared about someone less than I've cared about Baron Corbin. Who who's I constantly being put in some sort of spot. Yeah, yeah. I think it was no, around- You know what? I have Sheamus back in 2010 <laughs> and he was world champion. Like Sheamus, Alberto Del Rio, Baron Corbin. Those are the Ooh, three Alberto people who I've cared the comparison. least about who have been That's- put in big spots, so to me, Corbin is fun as the toady, like, third-degree bad guy that is just constantly getting dunked on. Sure. Like, I think it was right after he got fired, and he came out the next night to ask for his job back, and then all the baby faces just killed him in the middle of the ring, just beat the crap out of him. Yeah. That was fun. Sure. I don't really take him seriously as a heel, and I don't think, maybe he doesn't have to leave, but at least without a gimmick change, like, that's not going to change. Mm-hmm. This current version of like the TGI waiter, yeah. Baron Corbin, it's not. It's never going to be like a credible threat. No. Even if he beats Kurt Angle, I think it was you who pointed this out. He looks like Michael Keaton's Batman costume because he can't turn his head. Yeah, at all. Kurt Angle. He, looks he like, literally. He, these, this farewell tour has not been good. I mean, these matches are yeah. not good. Um, right. You know, so he needs to go that, out. So you know, this isn't going to be a good gonna, match. <laughs> Right, and Corbin isn't going to get any credit as a killer for putting down an already retired old no. Kurt Angle. No. I think you give it to him. I do. Yeah. All right, Triple H Batista, that should just be a barn burner and be fun. That, that's all we care about. Just have them beat the ever-living crap out of each other for 10 to 15 minutes, and mm-hmm. and we're and that'll be fun. And Batista's 100% losing this match. So uh, Yeah, absolutely. That's all I have to say really about that. Should be fun, though. It should. The entrances are probably going to be good. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to most. (laughs) Right. Seeing what Uh, stupid tricycle entrance Triple H has this time. The motor trike is so bad. Oh, so bad. And didn't he do it like two years in a row? They shouldn't let him do that. It doesn't look as cool as he thinks it does. But nobody wants to tell him that. I agree. All <laughs> uh, right, uh, cruiserweight title match that'll probably be on the pre-show. Sadly, Buddy Murphy, Tony Nice, that's going to be fun. Both these guys are really good, um, but I just think Buddy Murphy wins. You could you could take a recording of us talking about the cruiserweight matches on pay-per-views for the last twelve months and just put it in right here because it's always going to be the same thing. Pretty much, it's going to be on the pre-show. It's going to be really good, and the forty percent of the crowd that's there is going to enjoy it. That's yeah. that's it. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, all right, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins. To me, this is another match along with um, uh, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, where I really don't know what's going to happen here because you need the title off Brock, obviously, and that's what everyone wants. But you have three of these matches 
And you're pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Kofi's going to win. And then we'll talk about the women's match. But I'm pretty sure we know the that one too. And so I don't know if you can change all three titles. In, I don't know if Vince McMahon will do that. Because they normally don't. So that's the one thing where it's like, and they ruined this whole thing with the stupid Shield reunion. Uh, to be honest, Roman coming back destroyed the heat for this um, because they did that Shield thing, which just derailed everything and made it, it put this whole thing on hold, made us all forget about it, and it just made this whole thing kind of pointless. It and so at this point, it doesn't feel like it'll be that big of a moment if Seth wins. So I can see this one being the odd man out and Brock just keeping it. And that'll be very sad. Yeah, I think you have a point when you talk about the Shield reunion and Roman coming back. But to me, it wasn't just that they paused the feud with Lesnar, although that was sort of it. But it's like Seth's been scratching and clawing to become the guy, like the face of the company, the guy Mm -hmm. who's there every night. Yep. And it was like he was just about to get there. And even by winning the Royal Rumble, like he won the Royal Rumble. But everyone was like, yeah, that's cool. But, oh, Becky Lynch, look at that. Right. And he was he was so close, and then Roman came back. Yep. And it immediately became, oh, okay, the guy's back. Yep. Even if you hate Roman, you know the company thinks of him as that. Yep. So we lost a lot of momentum because Seth is really trying to be like the main event champion, to be the man. But everybody kind of knows he's only going to be the man until the night after WrestleMania, yep. even if he wins. Because mm-hmm. whoever wins the Roman Reigns-Drew match is coming out Monday night and being like, hey, guess what? want that title that's mm-hmm. happening immediately yep so i would like to see seth win i think they can pull off three and it'd be fine i don't think there's anything wrong with making the crowd happy the biggest show of your year but i think brock's a pretty good call i think they want to stick with what they know and what's safe and vince will just keep paying him money to show up three nights a year and eventually try to put roman reigns over somewhere else i think it's going to happen yep um and then the final one the main event Rousey, Flair, Lynch should be fantastic, super excited. Um, We've already talked about um, how kind of this feud has gotten very stupid with many things, but regardless, it's been built up a lot. Everyone's real excited about it. All three of these people are awesome, and so I think it's still going to be a great match, a great way to end the show, and you got to give Becky the title, and then it's going to be a WrestleMania moment, and everyone will be happy. And it's it's winner take all, right? It's not yeah. just for the raw title, <laughs> yeah. it's for both. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. Again, you just keep <laughs> keep doing the Daniel Bryan thing. Oh, and now she's gotta hold up two belts. It's just like okay. I, I kinda hope that's why they gave Charlotte the title, just because that's the dumbest reason I can possibly think of. <laughs> yep. And it's actually funny. And enough. whatever the dumbest reason is, there's a sixty percent chance that is the actual yep. reason. <laughs> well the rumor you know, the rumor going around is that they wanted to show all of the horsemen at the end of the show. Yeah, I've heard that. I don't think that's true. I don't think, well, now that it's winner take all, I guess that won't be an issue. That didn't seem like a great idea when it happened. No, that's a stupid idea. I don't think they should force a moment like that again now. As long as she doesn't do the yes thing with both belts, <laughs> that would be kind of funny. If would it's, be funny. You know, like the, the 30 match is, a, is not quite spot for spot, but it's a lot of the spots from the WrestleMania 20 match. Right. With... That other guy? Eh, and, um, I mean, no, not not really. I don't agree with that. Right. No, right, right, right. But there's ele- there, there's a parallel there, right? So if they do all of the same stuff again, then it'll be a little bit, it'll be kind of funny. But I don't think they will. I think this will be a great match. Hope so. 
the stare down when we finally get to just Becky and just Rhonda is going to be awesome. It's I'm excited about it. It's going to be a good time. I hope so. I do hope so. <laughs> well, yeah, me too. I hate triple threat to... matches so much, though. So that that's my only thing about it. I'm afraid they're going to force too many things because that's what happens in triple threat matches. And I just hope that the things don't feel forced. That that's the main thing that I hope. Hope it. I hope it feels natural the way the match progresses. And uh, with these three, I, I think it will. So I'm excited. So that's our uh, brief WrestleMania talk. And yeah. So now. We will get into the actual show, and we're going to talk about our top 10 matches slash moments in uh, WrestleMania history. So, where do you do you want to go 1 to 10, Harris, or you want to go 10 to 1? I was going to go 10 to 1. Okay. That's how I have my list laid out. That's we what I thought, too. So, uh, real quick, before we do that, then, do you have any honorable mentions? Because I have a few honorable See, mentions. I, I thought about that, and then I thought it's going to be weird if one of us rattles off an honorable mention that the other one noticed like later on in their list or something like that. So I didn't write mine down. You can go with yours if you want I, to. I'm going to I'm going to assume none of these are any of yours except for maybe okay. one of them might be, but I, I think most of these aren't. So okay. for my honorable mentions, um the WrestleMania 10 ladder match, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon match was absolutely incredible and it's just great. I mean, you could put almost any Shawn Michaels match in any of these top lists, and it would yeah. probably work. So that one is an honorable mention. TLC 2 at uh, WrestleMania X7, I believe, mm-hmm. um, in mm-hmm. 2001. The second TLC, or really really the third TLC match with Dudley's, Hardys, and Edge and Christian. Um, technically, the first one was at the SummerSlam, but really this is the third. The, the third and um that one is uh honorable mention that match was great you get the great sh- moment obviously one of the biggest wrestlemania moments ever of jeff hardy getting speared off of the titles from edge 20 feet above the <laughs> ring which is still the greatest single shot in the history of professional wrestling and i stand by that that is the greatest single shot of a move ever to happen i I don't disagree, man. Like, it's that is a shot so... if you're like, oh, wrestling's fake. I just pull that up and just wa- let them watch that. It's like, okay, here. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> deeply uncomfortable watching that is the best way I can put it. Yeah, so that is, uh, that's awesome. And then also, including Jeff Hardy, Jeff versus Matt, WrestleMania 25. Uh, the brothers facing off against each other in an Extreme Rules match, which was just awesome. Such a great match. I mean, WrestleMania 25 is a great, uh, great card anyway, but... I mean, because it's brothers. So if you watch, Harris, have you seen this match? No, I haven't. Okay, but I, you need I to watch this match. The build, but I've never watched it. And obviously, Jeff Hart, they gave Jeff the title for the first time ever in December of that year. The next month, Matt turns on his brother, costs him the title, just becomes the worst person ever. Even uh, like says that he burnt down his house and killed his dog. Like it's great. I mean, they go all out with this, and um, so they. They wrestle in this Extreme Rules match, and they beat the crap out of each other. Because if you think about it, if you, think about if you were wrestling your brother, you know you're not going to hold back on anything. <laughs> right. And they don't, and it's great. And Jeff Hardy misses a leapfrog leg drop from a 20-foot ladder, and it's it. then he gets twist-a-faded inside a chair. That's how the finish is, and it's awesome. Matt wins. So that one is great. Um, this one might be on your list, and I do apologize if it is. CM Punk versus Jericho at WrestleMania 29. That was a fantastic match. And if you have that, that on your list, we'll talk about it later. 
We don't actually, but that was 28, right? No, it was 29. No, no, no. No, you're right. You're right. 28, 28, 20. You're, you're right. You're right. It was WrestleMania 28. Because 29 we'll, was Taker. We'll get, to, we'll get to how I know that in a second. Right. But uh, that was a <laughs> great that match. that match is not on my list. Okay, so. good. That was a great build with heel Jericho mm-hmm. and, and, and making fun of Punk's family and everything. That was great. Great build, yeah. great program for the title, and a great match. Um, Punk won that one with an Anaconda Vice. And then my other one, my last honorable mention was um, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, the second one at WrestleMania 26, which retired Shawn Michaels. That was a fantastic build, great match. Um, I, I was at that Royal Rumble. It was my first wrestling event where Shawn was trying his hardest to get back to that match because Taker was a champion at the time and couldn't quite do it, and it was great. So that whole buildup in that match, Sean retiring was great too. So those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, that's great. And I, this is going to be very interesting, by the way, because we were talking about this a little bit before we went on the air. But Mark has curated his list around pretty much matches yeah. specifically. And I did it a little bit differently. I just sat down and I thought about like w- what are great moments that come to my mind, like a literal right. moment. Like you were talking about with that ladder match, like, is it a shot? Is it a line? Is it an image in my head? Something like that. And I kind of built my list around that. So that's fine. That means yours yours will go way faster. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, and I was kind of just counting on just talking about it more, you know, and not having to walk through the whole match. But yeah, the one thing that as I was editing it, I did actually have to take off, you know, because I wrote a bunch down and then cut it down to 10. And realized I had a couple too many. The one that I do remember having to cut that I feel like people have already kind of forgotten because of everything she's done since then. But the moment at WrestleMania 31 where The Rock stepped out of the ring, spotted Ronda Rousey, and was like, come on, come on, let's go. And oh, she yeah, stepped that was in the great. WWE ring for the first time was so cool. Yeah, that was cool. I forgot about that. Right, I did too. That's the crazy thing because she's she's been here for a over a year now, mm-hmm. and you kind of just take her for granted, and yeah. you forget like when she was the biggest thing in the mixed martial arts world, and all you could ever think was, "Oh man, she said she would love to come to WWE one day. How cool would that be?" Right. And this is the first inkling of that that we ever got. And they've done that thing where they cut to her earlier in the show and like, "Hey, it's Ronda Rousey and all of her friends." And she like, "Justin, <laughs> check it out." And she's like, "Hey." But you'd kind of forgotten about it. And I remember watching this one with my friends because WrestleMania 30 was the first one I'd ever watched. Right. But WrestleMania 31 was the first pay-per-view that I ever – it was like appointment television and I'd followed for a year leading up to it. So I knew everyone and I knew all the storylines and all this stuff. And I just remember when The Rock stops and kind of starts walking around the ring and one of my friends said, get Ronda Rousey. And we were all like, yeah. Didn't think it would ever happen. And then watching it happen, oh, it was awesome. It's one of the best celebrity spots of all time. Yeah. Because that's all she was then. And I hate that I couldn't fit it on the list. And I just talked yeah. a lot about it. So sorry about that. I'm kind of cheating. But Yeah. See, I was going to do just top five. And then all of a sudden I thought of seven immediately. And I was like, uh, nope, uh, it's going to be top ten. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll make I'll make mine go about that quickly each time, so hopefully right. we won't be here for two so hours. So let's start with uh, 10. So Harris, what do you have for 10? All right, so we just talked about this, but uh, when you said Punk and Jericho at 29, I thought I'm pretty sure that's not true uh, because number 10 on my list comes when Punk fights The Undertaker. Right. 
at WrestleMania. That's 29. why I said twenty nine because earlier today I was thinking about which WrestleMania was the one that Punk wrestled Taker in, and I was like, oh yeah, it's yeah. twenty nine. So that was in my head. That's why I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, th- I was. Thinking I'm not about actually ignorant to wrestling, everyone. I just I had a lapse. <laughs> no, that's me. That's me for the most part. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about this while I was rewatching this match because I wasn't able to go rewatch all of these, but I did rewatch this one for this particular moment, like. When, when you think of the streak, obviously Brock Lesnar would end the streak the next year at WrestleMania 30. Mm-hmm. But when you think of the streak itself and like the way people talk about it, you're thinking of it as it was acknowledged by WWE in the middle of the run. And you think of all these different wrestlers coming for it, saying, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to break the streak. I'm going to get in your head. And every year they take him down to the wire to see if they can do it. And he would consistently, for a long time, deliver some of the best matches on the card with really talented wrestlers who were just there to break the streak. That's kind of what it's known for. That's why it's so well-regarded. And to me, I think, philosophically, this is the last match of the streak. I agree. I I was thinking about that that today, too. When you look at that run of, you know, great matches that Undertaker had, the Triple H matches the Shawn Michaels matches, all of them, you know, you got some bad eggs in there every now and again. But when you really think about it and when you sit down and watch the streak start to finish, this was like the last shout that he ever had. And it's not just because he won. It's, you know, like the the match at 30 is fine and it's, it's something, but it's not this. It doesn't feel like a streak match. And I'm a little biased because I'm a massive CM Punk mark, but in my mind, this is some of the best mind games that he ever had going on because this is right after Paul Bearer died and actually died. Wasn't just buried in a vat of cement and then hauled (laughs) out later. That's an Easter egg kids. Look that episode up. Yeah. Um, but it actually in real life died and CM Punk immediately seizes on that and starts very really making fun of the death of a real human being to get in the undertaker's head. And obviously he's not going off script when he does that. Like they had agreed that they were going to do that. But that's not like that degree of personal beef isn't something you see in wrestling a lot. Right. And the package leading up to this, all the different moments where he's stolen the urn and he's not doing what a lot of people do when they steal the urn and being really melodramatic. He's no selling this right from the start. He's very honest about the fact that the undertaker might kill me, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to break the streak. And the undertaker says, it doesn't matter if you do, because you're never going to live to tell it. You know, <laughs> he was just he was looking death in the face and laughing at it. And this is th- this moment in particular I want to talk about comes right after he's made his entrance. They got Cult of Personality to play live, Living Color playing Cult of Personality live. It's not that good. I kind of like it better taped. The live, live ones, to be honest, great. all the live performances are not good in WrestleMania they history. Just, Everything is so choreographed around the sound that if the sound itself is different, then it throws you off and you can't really enjoy it. That's my theory. I don't mind it, though. I still like it because it feels big, but I agree with you. It never sounds as good. So his entrance is a bit of a letdown. He makes his way to the ring. Paul Heyman is in his corner, which is the other reason the build to this feud has just been great. Of course. They're passing the urn back and forth like it's a football. I mean, they're literally just doing their best 
to act like this isn't getting to them. And Punk does that thing he does a lot where he kind of sits down in the ring. He gets on his knees in this case, and he's just waiting. And he's pumping his arms. He's pumping the crowd like, come on, come on, come on. And the bell hits. And for a half a second, the camera lingers on Punk's face. And he just starts laughing. You just see this look on his face. It's not fear. It's not like dread or nervousness. He just goes, yes! Like he's so fired up. And to me, that's <laughs> such a great moment. That's 10 on my list, that moment specifically. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, so my 10 is going to shock you, Harris. <laughs> because this is both one of the best moments and one of the worst at the same time. Oh, I think I know. We're talking okay. about 2015, WrestleMania 31, the yep. first and only WrestleMania appearance of the man called Sting. Now, I you have it. no idea, Harris. This is one of the biggest moments I've ever experienced in wrestling. Because, look, um, there's three recently, like, huge, huge moments, maybe in the past five years, I'd say, that are, like, the, the top for me. One of them is later on this list. Um, another one was Goldberg beating Lesnar, squashing him at Survivor Series. <laughs> but that's Survivor Series. And then right. this is another one. Because, and this is even almost on a different level than the other ones, because the other ones were kind of more surprises. This one wasn't. I mean, this is just, Sting is going to be at WrestleMania. He made the surprise appearance at Survivor Series, stepped yeah. foot in WWE for the first time, and now he's going to wrestle WrestleMania against Triple H. I I mean, this is this was awesome. Like, this in my house was just the biggest deal. I mean, I was there, obviously, my dad, big WCW fan, he was there. Like, my aunt and uncle, my aunt, my dad's little sister, she watched WCW, like, with my dad and stuff. So, she was there. She's a huge Sting fan. She actually used to work for Sting. I forgot where, but he was actually one of her bosses in one of the, her companies she worked at. But, like, it was a big deal in my family, Sting wrestling at WrestleMania. So, that was just awesome. And, you know, they had all this, like, drum, this, like, Asian drum team out yeah. there for his entrance. It was great. It was this big thing. Um, my only qualms with that part, one, it was at Levi Stadium, so it was in the middle of the day, and that was yeah, very disappointing. Trash. That was that was that looked bad. Um, and then the fact that they changed his music for WWE, and I don't understand why. They did it from the start, and they used different music, and his WCW music was it was awesome. It was so cool. It was so eerie and and perfect, and they used it for like the buildup, like in those little promos they had and stuff. Like they used his WCW music, but then they changed it for WWE. Like, I don't understand. Like, here, Harris, this is his music. Like, this is awesome. That was his uh, WCW music. But then for, okay. for WWE, they changed it, and they, and you know what I found out? I, I never, I didn't put this together until I was watching the match yesterday. They changed it to something, and it sounds like music from the movie The Crow. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, I swear they took music, the guitar music from The Crow, and just changed a few notes, and then made it WWE. Like, it, because like this I'm sounds familiar. just like it. Like, listen to this. Like, this is literally music from the movie. 
and so anyway, it's just that's it's, really funny because I I don't remember the music from The Crow. Well, I just watched it I again know, a few like a month or so ago. I know what his WWE theme sounds like because that's obviously that's when I saw him. Like when right. he made that entrance, so that's what stuck in my head. I can understand the inconsistency being really annoying. Yeah, it but. Because there's no reason for them to do that, right? Like when they even Goldberg use the music, over. they even use the music for the promos and everything. So I don't right. understand. Like in Goldberg's first run, he had a different theme, which was pretty lame. Very but I feel slightly, like was like, very slightly, and it was, and it was really annoying. But when he came back, they used the real theme, which I was so exactly, happy about. Because I always figured it was like, okay, it's like right after the Monday Night Wars, and you might own WCW, but like maybe someone has the rights to that song somewhere. Or you don't want it, something weird like that, or you're just still bitter. I could almost understand it. Right. But then, right, like you said, when he comes back over a decade later, you just give him his music because right. that's what his music is. Right. So uh, I'm disappointed about that. But Entrance was just, it was awesome. Um, they, you know, they put a lot of effort into it. They gave him a, bi- a big WrestleMania moment. You could tell he was super pumped about it. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we had the... And then the match happened. Then we, no, then, no, no, no. It was... Then we had the dumbass Triple H Terminator entrance. The Terminator entrance in broad daylight. is horrible. And it was literally done as an ad because Terminator Genesis was sponsoring WrestleMania. Yeah, and it looked really bad. Like, it, it did. Looked, Kenny Omega's is way better. If arena, you could hide it and make it look good. Maybe. Like it was when bad. he dressed up, like he has the King entrance yep. at WrestleMania 30, yep. and it looks pretty good. Sure, but if he had done that at four in the afternoon, it would have <laughs> looked really stupid. I agree. Which is what this entrance looks. It's like. it's bad. Um, and then you know the match starts. It kind of goes back and forth. Uh, DX ends up coming out. Sting fights him off, then kicks out of a pedigree, so that's a pretty big deal. Then NWO comes out, which was kind of confusing and cool. And then they fight DX. A cool moment, though. Still kind of a cool moment. You got DX and NWO squaring off. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And then, you know, Triple H kicks out of a Scorpion Death Drop and then gets out of a Scorpion Death Lock. And then Shawn Michaels comes out of nowhere, hits Sweet Chin Music on Sting, crowd boos him out of the building, which... <laughs> never happens <laughs> but it does the only time people boo Shawn Michaels is when he does stuff with Triple H which I find hilarious um, <laughs> and then uh, St- Sting though kicks out and then uh, Triple H gets a sledgehammer but then Scott Hall hands Sting his bat Sting breaks the bat or breaks the sledgehammer with the bat um, Triple H then ends up hitting him with the broken part of the hammer and then gets a uh a ridiculous pinfall win. I don't cuss a lot on the show, so I'm going to beep this out, but it's total bull and Vincent Hunter for ruining an awesome and historic moment. Yeah, no, that's all pretty warranted. Um, I didn't even, I didn't have a tenth of the affection for Sting that you had in that moment, but even literally only knowing him from Survivor Series, knowing that he was a huge deal, seeing the surprise entrance at Survivor Series, Seeing the buildup, I was pissed like, at what look, happened. If you had just kept it one-on-one and not had the interference stuff, I would understand it more. I still wouldn't like it, but I would understand it at <laughs> least a little more. But when you have a cluster going on, and that's the perfect time to have him win. And it just, yeah, it's just so frustrating. It's just, screw Vince and Triple H for doing that, because that's exactly what that was about, and... 
whatever. It was still it was still a cool moment and still cool to see Sting in WrestleMania, but man, still it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, I think you nailed it. The problem for me wasn't even that he lost. It was that there was no like they lost plot almost immediately because the first night he comes out not maybe not the first night after that Survivor right. Series, but whenever he makes his appearance and they start the build to WrestleMania, yeah. Sting comes to the ring and he's like, "Look, I've been watching. I've been in this game for a long time. I've been watching this company for a long time. I'm here to do one thing and one thing only. I'm Sting. I'm the vigilante. I fight for yep. justice, and I am here to take Triple H down. Yep. And you're like, Sting is going to war with the Authority. How mm-hmm. perfect is that? Awesome. Like, this is the perfect storyline. And even if he had lost, if they had let that be the story. And let that build Triple H back up as this maniacal heel villain who always beats everyone as, like, the authority. Right. Then at least it would have had some integrity as a story. Instead, Sting showed up, said that, and then Vince was like, right, but you worked for WCW 20 years ago, so you're the bad guy. And these Mm -hmm. people think you're the bad guy, and we have to make sure that the (laughs) WWE guy wins. Which is not true, because Triple H is the ultimate heel. Like, the Triple H is the ultimate heel during all this, and they're trying to, like, Mm -hmm. get... And then at the end of the match, NWO and DX are standing in the ring, and then they shake hands, Sting and Triple H. It's just like, all right, let's throw all this out the window. It's just like, like, ugh nothing's been resolved if they had done all of that over the course of like three to six months then it could have been some really cool moments but the fact that it just became this cluster yeah it it was just like as soon as nwo and dx came out i was like wait a second this isn't about sting the vigilante fighting for justice this is about vince mcmahon fighting for his pride like it just it cheapened the whole thing to me, and it was very disappointing, but you're right. It was a cool moment. Sure. And I can only imagine growing up watching Sting how cool it was. Yeah, so that's why it still has to be on my on my list regardless. So that's my 10. All right. So, man, we're, <laughs> we're going to be here forever. I know. I know. That That's what I real I realized this yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, some of mine are shorter. Uh, number nine. It's not really that related to anything personal like the punk thing was. I didn't grow up watching this match, but when Linda McMahon stands up in the middle of the street fight in WrestleMania 17, it's one of the greatest like soap opera moments in wrestling history. It's absolutely brilliant. All right, you're going to have to explain this one to me. So, you know, the whole story leading up to this point is it's a fight between Vince and Shane. Oh, I forgot about that. His wife. And has been drugging her so that she's in a coma. Oh, gosh. And he's hired, I believe, Trish Stratus to take care of her, but mostly just wheel her oh, body around in a wheelchair and then make out what, with Vince. That's what was going on. See, I, yeah. I avoid WWE during that whole time. Oh, man. No, man. This is a great wrestling story. Like, the, sure, sure, as dumb sure. as wrestling can be, but it's absolutely just brilliant. So, you know, that. Shane is in this position of of being the underdog, the scrappy kid who we actually like, the son of a billionaire, but he's got integrity and heart. Right. And he just wants, you know, he's doing this for his mom, literally, at the end of the day, because Vince is just being (laughs) just the absolute worst, just what we all think Vince McMahon is actually like. And at the end of the match, when, when he thinks that he's got Shane beaten, he's already ordered... I believe it was Trish, maybe one of his other cronies, maybe Stephanie. I don't remember who she was aligned with in this. To wheel Linda down to the ring in her wheelchair, like catatonic, comatose. She'd been in a wheelchair for months, and he brought her down there 
and put her in the ring on a steel chair, like sitting on the chair and said, I want you to watch what I'm about to do to your son. And then he turns around, does goes to start beating up Shane again. And then Linda McMahon, who's been in a wheelchair for months, months and months, stands up and 15,000 people just lose their mind. <laughs> and it's just brilliant. And Vince has got a trash can over his head. He's about to bring it crashing down onto Shane. Right. And then he stops. And he's Vince McMahon is kind of the worst actor in the world, but it's right. kind of brilliant. Like, it just works. He slowly turns around and sees Linda standing there, and she kicks him right in the balls, and he drops <laughs> the trash can on his own head. And goes on to lose the match, and everyone everyone just loses their mind. It's just such a great, like, the, the storyline leading up to that is just really soapy and kind of trashy. Like, if that were all wrestling was, then that would be a real shame. And that's what people think of when they think of wrestling, like really over-the-top stuff like that. Yeah. But it works. It's one of those examples of, it's just one of the most pro-wrestling stories of all time. <laughs> and that could be construed in a bad way. But it just works. Yeah, it's not sports entertainment. It's just pure pro wrestling, and it's fantastic. Fair enough. All right, so my number nine is another match, as most of mine are, and it's WrestleMania twenty five, year two thousand nine. Shawn Michaels versus the Undertaker, number one, one of wow. the greatest matches of all time. Actually, I think it was voted as like the greatest match recently, but one of the best matches ever. It's just it's fantastic. The build is great for for a build for a match that doesn't really have a ton of natural build in it. Oh man, it's great. Cuz you have Shawn Michaels, I'm Mr. WrestleMania. I don't care about your streak. I'm the showstopper. I'm going to end this and really be Mr. WrestleMania. And it's just oh, it's a great the promos back and forth are so good. Shawn Michaels comes out on one raw or SmackDown, I don't even remember. On one of the shows, wearing like doing the Undertaker's entrance, wearing all white, say and like quoting Bible verses, like it is just it's awesome. And the and the, the 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 video is so good before this match. It is absolutely fantastic. And then they show, uh, you know, then the entrances are great. Shawn Michaels is raised above the stage, wearing all white, coming yeah. down. Like ascending from the heavens with like choir, you know, choir music playing, and it's just great. And then it cuts, sparks fly up, and then he comes out of the sparks, and sexy boy starts as he comes down to the ring. It's just fantastic. Undertaker, his entrance starts. He rises up from underneath the stage. Like it's yeah. just, it's so good. And then that match is just incredible. I mean, these are two of the best ever. And uh, the best parts of the match, Taker dives out of the ring. Over the top rope, Sean moves, pulls the cameraman in front of him. Nobody catches Taker, and he just lands directly on top of his head, crunches the cameraman and the camera. The camera crunches, and it sounds like he broke his neck. You're like, he's dead. It, he is it's dead. <laughs> and it's people, great. You say that a lot in crazy spots, but it it does look like he just killed himself. Yes. Like, it literally does. I can't emphasize enough how uncomfortable it is to watch that happen. Even knowing that he's fine, right? You're still because you just you know how easily it could have gone wrong. Oh, so good, so good. The back and forths are great. The false finishes are great. This is one I actually didn't have enough time to watch. I watched all of these matches except for two, and this was one I didn't have time. 
uh, to rewatch. And uh, but then the finish is great. Sean going for another moonsault gets caught right in the tomb, and then just right into the tombstone. And Undertaker wins. The streak stays alive. Fantastic match. Fantastic buildup. Two of the best ever. And it was awesome. So that's my number nine. I do think it's interesting that, especially this time of year, we spend a lot of times talking about how the build is pretty lackluster. The build is pretty good. But I kind of pointed this out last week. Like, in 10 years, nobody really cares. They only remember the match. And it's always been very funny to me that That's not always re- true. Most of mine, true, that's not true. I think it's interesting in this case that everyone always says the build for 26 was better. But twenty five was the better match, even though it. Now didn't this, have as much I of a I do yeah. agree, and that is true in this instance. It, it's not that people forget the build, but you know, I, I just think it's interesting that I I wonder how many people were coming into re- this WrestleMania saying, "Oh man, I'm really excited for this one." Like I'm sure people. Oh no, were, no, we were ex- no, we were excited. No, we were real excited coming into for that match, for sure. But I don't think anyone quite expected. Just that. Lo- I mean, how many times do you literally expect to see like the best match ever? Right. You, know, you don't. You don't usually expect that far. So right. That, that's what no, made that's that fair. one so cool. So that's my nine. Very nice. Okay, number eight. I'm I'm gonna go a little bit old school here. Ooh. The oldest I'll go. Because oh. you know I'm I'm pretty new to all of this, and I can respect. Won't go a back lot of and things watch things. Happened. What? And you won't go back and watch things. I I do some, not as much as you I don't. Should. Right. You're very uncultured. But when I do go back, well, that, I mean, that's fair. Says the man hosting a pro wrestling podcast. No, I mean in the in the realm of pro wrestling, not in the realm no, of you're life. Right. I mean, you're right. You're not wrong. But None also, of us are cultured. I have gone back and watched other stuff, but when you don't have the emotional investment of watching it live, when you know what's going to happen, it's harder for you to get sucked in. And for that reason, See, a lot I, of stuff I, from like, I disagree. Cause that's most no. of my stuff is watching older stuff. That's been most of my br- bringing up of wrestling was watching yeah, older stuff. So that's fair. Well, at any rate, this is one of the moments that has stuck with me. Uh, it's right. It's, it's at WrestleMania seven and macho man's just been retired. You know, he's, he's lost his career threatening match. His manager, Sensational Sherry, has just abandoned him, turned on him, is physically assaulting him in the ring. And they cut to a woman in the crowd, and it's Miss Elizabeth. And they cut back to Macho Man. He's getting beaten up still. He won't hit Sherry, but he's, he's just lying there and taking it. He's a broken man. And they cut back to Miss Elizabeth, and she just shakes her head. She can't take it anymore. And she hops the barricade and runs back into the ring, reunites with Macho Man, drives that I almost cussed again. I didn't want to make you beep it out, but you <laughs> fill in the blank. That woman, <laughs> sensational Sherry, drives her out of the ring and reunites with Macho Man, and people are literally, literally weeping in the crowd. Yeah, that's an incredible moment to go back and watch because you think, "Oh man, this is really great," and then you see the people there, yeah, and just imagine what that's like. Like, I love wrestling. It doesn't usually do romance very well. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I f- is that an understatement? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of an understatement. Yeah. But, boy, this is just a beautiful moment. And when yeah. you know their history and how long they've been together in Macho Man, you know, and how he turned heel and kind of lost sight of himself. And now at the end of the line, when his career in WWE is over, at least for the moment, 
that he gets to have that moment and none of it matters anymore because he's back with Miss Elizabeth. That match, that match is great too because that's Flair's one and only WrestleMania uh, at the time, isn't it? Yeah, because that's the one with uh, Flair. That's for the title, right? I don't know what order it goes in. Like I know I Flair's WrestleMania matches all kind of. I thought that that was seven. Maybe that was eight. You know what? No, I'm wrong. I think that's eight. I think that was the next year. That, that was the next year. Right. That was the next year. Never mind. Never mind. Because I, I think his career being threatened was the biggest thing on the line. Because was right. it seven Hulk Hogan and Sid? No, no. Title? See that? No, that's the uh, Hulk Hogan and Sid is the same one with uh, Macho Man and Flair. I know that. Okay, so for it was seven fact. Slaughter then? I think seven was Slaughter. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, it, my my point being. That that not the main event, not the title match, but that moment. Yeah. Uncultured though I am, still one of my favorite <laughs> wrestling moments of all time. Definitely one of my top ten WrestleMania moments of all time. Solid. And just go watch that right now. There's clips of it on YouTube. It takes four minutes. It'll make your day better. It just won't. oh for sure, for sure. All right, so my number eight. We're going to WrestleMania 22 in the year 2006. This was a big deal. Because this is when Rey Mysterio wins the title for the first time in a nice. triple threat match versus uh, Randy Orton and Kurt Angle. Now, I didn't watch this match live. I got into wrestling, like, I got into WWE live somewhere in the year 2007. And so, really, 2008 was the first, I mean, I didn't watch it live because we weren't going to pay for it, but I saw it the day after. But <laughs> WrestleMania 28 was kind of the first live WrestleMania for me. So, this was a couple years before but I was the biggest Rey Mysterio fan. Before Jeff Hardy took over, Rey Mysterio was my favorite wrestler. And um, so I remember I finally ended up, my dad finally got me like a, like a, the, I think the second Rey Mysterio DVD. And I used to watch that just nonstop. The match on there. And this match was on there and that's the first time I got to see, you know, him win the title. And that was just such a big deal for me at the time. I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12 or something like that at the time. And so, just getting to watch that. Now, I hadn't watched this match in a while, and I went back and watched it, and I realized how short it is. It is a 10-minute match. Oh, man. And what makes me so mad is it follows a 20-minute Shawn Michaels versus Vince match. <laughs> and and the 20 minutes is just the in-ring. That was even longer with the before and after. Like, it's ridiculous. It's like, screw you, Vince. You can't even wrestle. Wrestle for 10 minutes and get out. <laughs> Don't cut into this world title match with three amazing competitors. See, I know I, I know about this Rey Mysterio match. I don't think I ever knew that it followed that. That's very I hadn't. Funny. I didn't either. I hadn't put that together either until I went oh, back and was rough. watching it. Um, but this is great because Rey has just he won the Royal Rumble. Was in longer than anybody. He came in at number uh, two. Eddie had just died. I think in yeah. December. I want to say of yeah. two thousand and five. And so he's riding this this Eddie kind of wave, and it's yeah. great. Um, but ultimately, the build of this match isn't fantastic other than that because they do the stupid thing where Ray won the Royal Rumble, but now but he, and he eliminated Orton to do it. And now Orton's mad. And so what he does is he just starts degrading the dead Eddie constantly yeah. on, on the I thing. Remember. And so, so much so that Ray is going to fight him and he's so mad that he puts his WrestleMania on the line and then Randy Orton cheats and wins. So now Ray's out and then Teddy Long comes out and it's like, you know what? I don't care. You're back in triple threat match. And it's just like, okay, great. Um, so that's kind of the build's kind of, eh, 
And to be honest, in the match, the crowd is not 100% for for Ray. Like I which is surprising to me. Like they're cheering Angle pretty heavily throughout a lot of this match. Um, which I was kind of surprised about. But another live performance, POD performs Booyaka 619 for Ray's entrance. And I freaking love POD, especially like 2006 POD. <laughs> and then this song is great. It is not good live. It sounds horrible. Um, yeah. But it's still cool. Like Ray comes out wearing a giant Aztec like falcon headdress. Like it's it's it's, it's pretty cool. It's a cool entrance. Uh, but the, ma- the match is about to start. So all three are in the ring. It's a trip threat match. And... Orton grabs the belt and whacks Angle with the belt like before the match starts. So like before the bell rings. And so they make a big deal like, oh, Orton taking advantage and before the bell rings. It's a triple threat match. I never put this together. There's no disqualifications in a triple so threat match. Right. But they're building it as, oh, he did it before the thing. That's why he's not disqualified. And I, and in my mind, especially as a kid, when you're watching, you're just like, oh, okay. And I was watching this time. I'm like, wait a minute. It's a triple threat match. So they forget. But they do that all the, they do that all the time. They do that with yeah. uh, rope breaks all the time in no disqualification yeah. match. Remember when they did a rope break in a cage match like last year? Yeah. In like Hell one in of the Bryan cell, matches. It? Oh, it was Hell in a Cell. It was Daniel Bryan and Kofi. That's what it was. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. regardless, the match I again, I hadn't watched this in a while. This match is like at like 100 miles an hour. Like it is it's yeah. wild because it's 10 minutes long. So they are just flying, hitting so many moves. Angle hits a double German suplex on both Orton and Ray, which is awesome. Um, Angle really actually shines in this match, to be honest. Um, there's an awesome move where Angle like catches Orton coming out of the turnbuckle, and he hits him with a belly-to-belly. And like it's funny because he like shoots him off. Randy Orton kind of ricochets off the turnbuckle, comes back in, and Angle, like, you see him grab him, and there's a slight pause before he throws him, and you just hear Taz just go, goodbye. And then, <laughs> and then Angle just throws him across the ring. It's one of my favorite moments, like, commentary moments ever, because he's so, Taz so nonchalantly, it's like, yeah, yeah, goodbye, goodbye. And then he just throws him. It's great. It's one of my favorite moments of that match. Uh, That's Ang- awesome. There's another great moment where Angle throws, like, Ray's running at, at Kurt Angle. Ray, like, throws him over his head. And so Ray flies through the air, lands on Orton, who's sitting on the top rope, and hits him with a Super Hurricane Rana. Like, all in one move. So that was awesome. Um, and then the weird thing in this match is both Ray and Orton tap out to the ankle lock in this match. Um, Ray taps, but Orton distracts the ref. And then later, Orton taps and Ray distracts the ref. So that's kind of weird. And the crowd, as I said, is mostly behind Angle. And kind of booing when Rey Mysterio does stuff, which is strange. Um, I guess it's the fickle internet crowd. Um, <laughs> and then Angle kicks out of an RKO, which I don't... I can't, I'm sure it's probably been done at some point, but I cannot think of any instance where someone has just kicked out of an RKO clean. So that, that that's not done often. I mean, um, Cena's probably done it about a dozen times. Well, yeah. the only one I can yeah, think. Probably. It's very protected. And as long as he's been around, that's pretty rare for yeah. someone that long. Um, Ray tries a 619 on Angle, like, around the ring post. Like, Angle's sitting in the ropes right next to the ring post. And Ray's, like, uh-huh. running down the apron and tries to grab the ring post and hit a 619, but slips off <laughs> and just falls to the ground. So that kind of messed Goodbye. up. Uh but then ultimately, Orton ends up kicking out of an angle slam, so they kind of give him that. And then Ray ends up hitting a 619 on Orton, then the West Coast pop, 
And he gets the pin and gets the win. And Rey Mysterio is world champion for the first time. Once he wins, though, the crowd does uh, erupt and, and, and cheer him for that. So that's that's pretty cool. And it's a great the- moment. Just Rey Mysterio finally winning. Eddie and um, uh, Chavo, uh, Chavo and Vicky Guerrero are on their entrance ramp, like, celebrating with him. Rey's just, like, bawling. Like, it's it's a great moment. Yeah. That, that's funny. I've seen that match before, and you're right. It is a great moment. I don't remember the crowd not being that into him, so that's kind of It's funny, not huge. It's not, like, huge, but right. but it's way more than I would have expected and yeah. that I remember. So Yeah. Well, at least he got the pop in the end. Yeah, I feel he like. I wonder so. if that's a result of people feeling like the Eddie in the build was a little exploitative. Maybe. I don't know Maybe. if that was present at the time or if that came later. Maybe. But anyway, it's still a, a good match and a great moment. Good stuff. Okay, well, I'm going to use that to segue into seven. This might be my shortest one yet. I say that, and then I'll talk about it for five minutes. That's right. usually how that goes. Uh, you talk about the RKO. I found a WWE Top 10 video on YouTube recently. This week, in fact, while I was looking around for stuff to watch. And I didn't I didn't know about this moment. I didn't know it was in this video until I saw it happen. And then I thought, yep, that's on the list immediately. And it gets all the way down to the end, you know, down near the end. I was kind of, you know, I was looking at my phone or whatever. I wasn't paying complete attention to every single one of them because some of them I'd seen before. Some of them was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. And they come down to one. And it's it's the Evan Bourne one, the one where he does, you know, <laughs> what, what Airborne. He does. It's, it's a shooting star press. And yeah, it's yeah. amazing. That's what they call. And I thought, wow, that's incredible. That really is probably the best one. Wait a second. That's not the end. What could be? <laughs> oh, yep. Yep. That's it. Um, I'm talking about back to WrestleMania 31. Yep. Seth Rollins got him right where he wants him, kicked him in the gut, knocked the wind out of him, sets him up for the curb stomp. And he is launched into the air as Randy Orton counters the curb stomp into an RKO. And Mark, I can't like I can't do this justice in words. Oh, yeah. Except to say, like, I cannot, in any good wrestling match, by the end, you feel like it could go either way with just one move. And I have never, in the entire time I've been watching wrestling, gone from being so sure that Seth Rollins would win to being so sure that Randy Orton had won. (laughs) In an instant. In an instant. It's probably athletically or artistically or whatever kind of BS you want to put on it, it might not be the best counter I've ever seen, but in the moment, in the marking out, in the unexpectedness of it, it's the best counter I've ever seen. It's incredible. And it's the best RKO I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I can't I can't argue. I, I really can't argue with that. It's amazing. Uh, I, I watched that I watched that again because I was watching I was watching all these and so you know I was watching yeah. the sting match. But yeah. first I was like, wait a minute, I gotta go back and watch watch that because it's just awesome it's just like now that you know that he's done it it's almost like okay well yeah i can kind of see how he can do that how he kind of steps on this spot and he launches him up in the moment you didn't even you didn't dream that that could happen no i just can't wrap my mind around and you know the, the the big deal that i heard him talking about it they did not practice this this was the first time this has ever been attempted. So Orton freaking goes ballistic after yes, he hits he that. Does. That's the best part. The best part is he is with the crowd. he goes nuts after he hits that, and it's the best. He doesn't even pin him, but he and you know the fifty thousand people there and the millions of people watching at home all go. Ah! <laughs> 
<laughs> and he like he like drops down and almost like looks it at Rollins and is like, "Yeah, I did that." And then pins yeah. him, and it's just yes. great. And it's like it's not even breaking character because it's no. in character. Right. But it's rare to see a wrestler that psyched that they just pulled something off. <laughs> yeah. And even Randy Orton is like, that's the coolest thing I'm ever going to do. Yep. Oh yeah. That's a great one. That is a great one. All right. So, uh, mine, mine is shifting gears a little bit from that. And, uh, what are we on? Seven? Uh, that was my seven. All right. So mine, we're going to WrestleMania 24. In 2008, this was the first, as I said, really the first current WrestleMania that I watched, and it's kind of an eh WrestleMania. Uh, I, to be honest, I kind of wanted to just put this WrestleMania on my list just because it was the first one that I really yeah. went through. Um, so even though it's not the best, it was a big deal. You have Punk win Money in the Bank for the first time. That was a great match. Uh, some other okay stuff. The main event is undertaker and edge which i never care about because i never care about anything edge does if it's not in a tlc match with jeff hardy um and anyway but the match of this show (laughs) by far is rick flair and Shawn michaels because rick flair's career is on the line because a few months earlier rick flair did a big thing where he's like i'm gonna you know i'm never leaving like, this is what it is. I'm I'm a wrestler, and I'm going to do this. And then Vince comes out and says, yeah, you'll be here until you lose, and then you're out. And so that's been the build for the past couple of months. Every time Ric Flair steps in the ring, it might be his last time. And somehow, he's been able to find a way to win each and every time. But then Shawn Michaels comes out, and he is like, it's time to be done. Like, Rick, it's it's time to be done, you know? Like I, I, you know, I, I, I love you and all, but like you're, you're done. And and he uses the analogy of old Yeller, and is like they love that dog, but he got a little too old, and they had to take him out back and finish him off. And that's what I'm gonna do to you, at WrestleMania. And it's perfect. It's just fantastic. And the video again is just fan is just awesome. The mid two thousands were a great time for like montage feel good songs. Like they're not the music's not really that good, but it just fits for these type of things. Um, I don't even know what song it was, but it was good. Uh, so the match, the entrances are great. Ric Flair, huge entrance. This is in Orlando, so it's an open air stadium, and so there's just massive fireworks as Flair's coming out. It, it's a great, great look. Right. It's not four in the afternoon. No. It, at this point, it's talk. it's nighttime, so that's <laughs> yeah, good. It's proper. The match starts, there's just constant kind of barking at each other. At one point, Shawn Michaels just slaps the taste out of Flair's mouth and draws blood, which is pretty cool. Uh, Then there's a chop fest, but not the Braves kind. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think that might be the dumbest thing we've ever said on this show. (laughs) I hope so. Um, If that's the dumbest thing, we're doing good. Uh, (laughs) Go Braves. Yeah, I know. So, uh, Flair ends up kicking HBK and we get a vintage Shawn Michaels over oversell. That's just yes. beautiful. Like he, he flies back and then like f- flips kind of over it. Like does like a back somersault. It's fantastic. Um, Flair, <laughs> Flair gets to throw Shawn Michaels off the top rope, which is awesome because if anyone has watched any Ric Flair match, you know, in every Ric Flair match, he goes to the top rope and gets thrown off. So he gets to throw Shawn Michaels off and then goes to the top rope and hits a crossbody. 
for the first time ever and Lawler goes nuts and is like it, and Lawler's sitting there going it worked it worked <laughs> he's like this is an historic match like it's it is wonderful it's a great moment um probably the best moment though is Shawn Michaels is uh, Ric Flair's out of the ring kind of leaning up against the announcer's table and Shawn Michaels goes for a springboard moonsault out the out of the ring Flair moves and Shawn Michaels catches the announcer's table but he hits on the edge which doesn't give and so the table collapses but the way it's built like there's like a kind of a a ring around the edge so normally you land in the middle and then the front side goes forward the and the sides go out yeah so he lands directly on the part that doesn't give and and I'm pretty sure he broke his ribs on that. He at least oh. bruised them. Like it is if you haven't seen it, it's one of the nastiest things ever cuz he just crunches it. Like you're like he's dead. You're like he's he's I've gone. S- that's crazy because I've seen this match but I don't remember that moment specifically. That's oh crazy. man. Uh, yeah, it, it's it is I remember watching that and just me and my dad were just like, he's, he's, he's dead. Like, that's just one of those moments you're looking, you're like, that's, there's no fake of anything. He's, yeah. his ribs are Shots either, to the ribs are really hard. To his, he's either, I don't remember if they were actually broken or if it was just bruised, but he was injured for like a couple of weeks after this. Um, and so the whole match, he can barely move and which it makes it even more impressive. And, uh, there's a pretty cool standing vertical suplex where Flair holds Michaels up for like, 10 or 15 seconds, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's um, very impressive. A- HBK, though, is dumb enough to try another moonsault. Um, <laughs> Shawn Michaels, or uh, Ric Flair's out of the ring. Shawn Michaels goes to the top turnbuckle and does a moonsault off the top turnbuckle out of the ring. And, well, he hits it, but Flair doesn't really catch him that well. So he basically <laughs> crashes straight to the floor. And you're just like, Shawn, what are you doing? Stop! <laughs> he's getting a great match. That's what just, he's doing. Five stop. stop! Oh, man. It's painful to watch. And uh, there's a pretty cool moment where later in the match he goes for Sweet Chin Music, but he can't go through with it. Like, he just stops. And, like, yeah. he just can't do it. And so Flair immediately just grabs his legs and gets, gets him in a figure four. And it's yeah. oh, it's it's a great moment. It's brilliant. It's uh, brilliant. Shawn Michaels reverses it, though. And then later he gets another figure four put on. Um, but Shawn Michaels gets to the ropes again. Flair, uh, there, there's a great moment. So Flair has just kind of done a couple... Figure fours, he's kind of in the driver's seat. He kind of does a little styling and profile, and he turns around right into a, a super kick out of nowhere. Like a sweet chin music just out of nowhere. And Flair kicks out. And JR is having a conniption in the announcer's booth. Like, it's just great. I mean, this is peak JR. Yeah, that's the best JR. And so Shawn Michaels kind of goes over, you know, his ribs are like broken, his legs messed up because of the figure fours. He, he climbs up into the turnbuckle, looks over at Flair, who's struggling to stand up and he starts to tune up the band flair slowly gets up and then flair sneaks in a low blow and it's great and like behind the referee's back but then then eventually Shawn michaels gets a figure four on um and then but then we get another super kick out of nowhere and Shawn gets up just distraught you see him tune tune it up again flair can barely get to his feet He's struggling down. Just looks like a. He literally looks like a wounded dog. He does. He and, really and, does. And he he kind of gets up and it flares just bawling at this point, but still kind of saying "bring it on." But he's done. Yeah. And Sean mouths, "I'm sorry. I love you." And hits a final sweet chin music. Drops, covers, gets the one, two, three, 
and then immediately hugs Flair and kisses him on the forehead and then leaves Flair in the ring. And Flair's just bawling, gets up. It's just, it is such a great moment. I mean, it is, there, there has never been a more perfect finale for anybody in the history of wrestling than that one. And he's just, he's crying. He's soaking it in. It cuts to his family. So you see Charlotte, Reed, Megan and David and all of them in the front row, just bawling. Like it is, he goes over there and like one by one, like hugs each of them. Just standing ovation for the real man, not Becky Hmm. Lynch. This is the real, this is the man. And it's just, oh, it's just such a great moment. Such a great moment in match. It's a perfect wrestling moment. And i be honest, this is also on my list, so I'm just going to talk about it a little bit. Oh, now. fair enough. We'll just double up. This was bound to happen, especially as yeah. we moved on down the list. I think that's list, probably the only one, though, that we're going to have. You might same. be right. You might be right. So that's just, man, I love, and I was going to talk about this because it's pretty deep into my list, but I love any moment or any match that you kind of touched on this earlier. Somebody says, well, show me a wrestling match. This yeah. is one of the ones I would pick. Yeah. Anyone, in, anything where the story is so self-contained from the video package all the way through to the final bell, it's just, it just works so well. And you don't have to be watching wrestling for a year to get it. Mm-mm. You know, the, I, I love earlier in the match or earlier in the show, you cut to an interview with Ric Flair backstage and it's like, yeah. He's been living on borrowed time for this whole story because, you know, the story, which is brilliant, has been, all right, listen, but when you lose, you're done. You're out. So every match matters, which is something that doesn't happen a lot in wrestling. True. Like any individual match usually doesn't matter. But he's won. He's, he's pulled it through. He's done it every single time. And they're interviewing him backstage before he goes out there. And all he says is, hey, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Yep. And then he does one more, woo, and then he's out. Like, he refuses to let himself believe that he's done, which is his whole problem, and that's kind of what led to this whole situation in the first place. Mm-hmm. But that's him throughout the match, you know? He's refusing to die. He's refusing yeah. to give it up and be done with this thing that he's been doing his whole life, this thing he's the best in the world at doing. And he's in the ring, you know, with somebody like Shawn Michaels, who's learned so much, just grew up watching him, that sort of thing. And Shawn can't pull the trigger and put him down. And I'm so glad you pointed that out. There's that one moment where he's got him dead to rights and he just can't pull the trigger on a sweet chin music. And Ric Flair hits him with that low blow. And it's just great. Like he, he refuses <laughs> to stop scrapping. Because Ric Flair is of that mentality, you know, he's like, if I can't do this anymore, then I just want you to kill me. I just want you to put me down. Don't hold back, because if I can't be one of the best in the world, then I don't want to do this anymore. And he never has to come out and say that, but you can just see it on his face and the way he keeps scrapping and doing whatever it takes. And he's pulling out tricks that, you know, he's been doing for 20 years, you know. It's just such a beautiful, like, full circle kind of moment. And then the very end, where again, you touched on this, but he's standing up and he doesn't like, he knows he's not going to win, but he can't, he's not going to lie down either. He's going to stand up and take it. You know, he's going to face his death like a man. And he just looks at Sean. He says, come on, come on, come on. And he hits him with that sweet chin music. And it's a great call. He just says, I'm sorry. I love you. Pow. And JR goes, my God, what a shot. 
it's yeah, it's one of the best wrestling moments of all time. It is higher on my list, but we'll yeah, just that's fair. I'll skip it when I come back up to it because well, it is well, it's a perfect. What, wrestling what number moment. do you have it on? Just so yeah, uh, three. I had fair it enough. up at three. No, that's fair enough. Fair so enough. I don't know. Do you want me to go into my six now, or do you want to just do yours and we'll just keep going so we're not off when I get to three? Does that make sense? Uh, or do you want me to just go into my six now? Just just let's just keep going. The same order okay. we've been doing it in. Okay, cool. So this one is a little bit, again, this one should be pretty short. It's pretty sweet. Um, WrestleMania X7. There's a lot of great moments. The main event at the end is great with The Rock sure. and Stone Cold Steve Austin. But the video package for that match, Mark, is probably one of the best things that WWE's ever produced. If we're yeah. just talking video packages, That's what everyone it's the says. best wrestling video package of all time. That's what everyone says. It, it's true, yeah. honestly. It is I great. Just, it's fantastic. And who would have thought a Limp Biscuit song could be anything listenable? Dude, we've literally we've talked about this in the past. Like I would never like argue to you with a straight face that Limp Biscuit makes like good music, whatever the objective standard of good is. But they do make good noise and they make good <laughs> like fight music. Sure. And them that setting for this video, and it's just the perfect amount of character development and dialogue and action. And the beats of the song, and I just, this is your other homework assignment. After you watch Macho Man, when you wake up Sunday morning, you see this in your feed, you get to this point, just stop and watch that. <laughs> Nothing else will get you in the mindset. To watch any pro wrestling show, to watch WrestleMania specifically, it's just the best way to kickstart your day. I really don't have that much else to say about it. Go watch it. It's as good as it gets. I'm not gonna play the whole thing, but it it's fantastic. <laughs> I thought you were first. No, it's four like, minutes oh. long, Harris. Yeah, no, I know. I don't think we need the whole thing. But the, the lingering image it leaves you with, it's just it's it's great storytelling too, because that match ultimately ends with Austin turning heel. Which and, is terrible. Right. I was gonna say, whatever you feel about that, it that it's one of those moments like any great twist you know is a great twist because when you rewatch the movie, it still makes sense, right? And there's a moment at the end of that video, I think it's the last line, is just Austin saying, I need to beat you, Rock. I need to beat you more than anything in the world. Mm-hmm. And then the entrances start. And it just, it works even better knowing the twist that's coming because it still works. Right. Just little details like that. It's fantastic. Go watch it right now. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, and we're going to have to put a pin into that for now. That is the end of part one. So all you got to do right now, just click right on over. Part two is up, and so you can watch the rest of our top ten list of our favorite WrestleMania moments.